0: gracious and holy god you are the center of our joy you are the center of our lives lord jesus we are so thankful and honored lord that you looked upon us and you chose each and every one of us that you love us lord that you desire a relationship with each one of us gracious god help us lord to always center all of ourselves in you Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, for every portion of this service. And we pray, Lord, now through the preaching of your word, that we will be drawn closer to you, Lord Jesus, that we will be drawn closer to our families and those around us today that love us and that we love. Help us to hear you, Lord. Help us to hold on to you. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. God is faithful. That was a beautiful, beautiful song. Amen. Beautiful song. So we have uh, been in the midst of a sermon series about Pentecost. Amen. And I remember telling you all that we were going to be talking about what happened before Pentecost, what happened during Pentecost and what happened after Pentecost. So what is the name of today's sermon title? But after Pentecost, (laughs) I I was tickled by that. I I crack myself up sometimes. My husband always says, you ain't funny. (laughs) But but you all ever been to an after party? Yeah. Come on, y'all know y'all been to some after parties. (laughs) I am not the only one. (laughs) But it's like, what happens after a big event? Have you ever been to a really big event? Or maybe you were part of planning a big event and then after that big event is over, you're like, what are we supposed to do now? What's some of the big events that we have in our lives? Birthdays, family reunions, birthdays, Graduates. graduations. We're right now in graduation season, right? Concerts? Oh, concerts. Con- those of you that's musicians planning for those concerts, anniversaries. Terrence and I had an anniversary last week. woo <laughs> yeah. thank you thank you for all that supported <laughs> anniversaries what else Reti- oh yes Walter late pastor Walter is uh, celebrating a retirement after 40 years I think it's 42 years Pat our newlywed is in the house today marriages right wedding days <laughs> Myesha is here any other big events that we have Baptisms, moving away to college—that's a big event. <laughs> what you got, Yula? Okay. <laughs> Celebration of life. So after all of those things, like the planning, the preparation, the hard work, getting to that moment, and then we have the moment, and then the next day happens. And you're like, what are we supposed to do? It's almost like a letdown in some ways. Like, what are we supposed to do? So imagine, Pastor Antonia preached a powerful message last week, right? It was amazing. She did such a good job. And so she talked about the Pentecost. I mean, we could almost feel like we were there. The wind was blowing, and we were all in and a part of the Pentecost. And then the big event happened, the Holy Spirit came, and now what? <laughs> Ask your neighbor, now what? <laughs> now what? You would think that the disciples and the women and those that were gathered were maybe unsure what to do, but Peter, say Peter, Peter, Peter stood up, Peter stood up, and it was the first preached sermon ever. That was the first preached sermon of the church. Peter preached one of the most powerful messages you could ever hear. Every pastor on earth dreams of preaching like that. Why? Because that day, 3,000 came to know Jesus Christ. (laughs) Every pastor wants to preach a powerful sermon like that. I mean, all of us, y'all remember seeing, some of y'all might have even been there when Martin Luther King preached that sermon in in Washington, D.C., y'all remember that? Powerful message. Powerful day. All those people motivated, encouraged. Everybody's on fire. And then it's like the next day, what? So Peter preached the most powerful sermon you could ever imagine. And during that sermon, it says that hearts were convicted. Say convicted. He preached a sermon that was so powerful that everybody that heard the sermon, their hearts were so convicted, so touched. (laughs) It's all right. That's what happens when we worship in the gym. we in a different spot. (laughs) Come on in. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) You know, it's... You don't even know where your wife is or your kids is. (laughs) Praise God. See, that's we we low key during the summer. We can relax. (laughs) So he's preaching this powerful, powerful message. And people's hearts are actually so convicted, so convicted about their sin. Now they ask a question. They ask a question, what must we do? Say that with me. What must we do? What was it about the conviction that they all had this question at the same time? They all, it stirred in all of their hearts, we have to do something different here. There was something that convicted them. Tell your neighbor it was sin. You see, when Peter preached this sermon, he took it way back. Say way back. He took it way back to help them to understand that every human, say every human, every human that would ever exist would be a sinner. Every single one of us. Every single sin put Jesus on the cross. Every single sin, not just my sin, not just your sin, every sin from the first human to the very last human put Jesus on the cross. That's a lot, right? And I know you may be thinking, wait, what? How is it possible that something that I have done in 2022 and Jesus was way back when— How is it something that I'm currently doing right now, put Jesus on the cross? It's a hard question to answer. But you see, when we sing that song, Jesus paid it all. Anybody know that song? Jesus paid it all. What's the next verse? All to him. Right. Anybody know the next one? Sin had left a crimson stain and he washed it white as snow, right? So Jesus paid a price for all of humanity. And while they were sitting there listening to that sermon, I mean, can you imagine if you were there and you understand that the sin of you plus the sin of everyone that came before you and the sin of everyone that comes after you nailed Jesus to the cross. Think about that for a minute. All of our sin... And I know some of us think that we are not that big of a sinner. Some of us think my sin is not so bad compared to somebody else's sin. Tell your neighbor, you're still a sinner. Tell your other neighbor, you too, you're a sinner too. <laughs> Every single one of us put Jesus on that cross. And when we understand that, it should do something in our hearts. It convicts hearts to understand that. And so when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, the next part of that, say part two, the Holy Spirit was present, and the second part was the preached word, the word of God. They go hand in hand together. Put your hands together. Hand in hand. Say hand in hand. Holy Spirit, word of God, hand in hand. It's something that happens when the Holy Spirit is present and you hear the Word of God together that changes lives. You see, that's why sometimes people can come to church and they can feel all good and have all this stuff happening, but then they miss the Word. They miss the portion of the Word, and that's just like, well, how did I leave and I go right back to my regular life? Or when you get home and you don't ever open up the Word, and you wonder, well, Lord, you know, I'm praying to you. I'm singing songs. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. But if you didn't open up the Bible and you didn't have the word along with the Holy Spirit, you missed something. Tell your neighbor you missed something. It goes together. This is the establishment. This is what the after was. The after Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit and the word together would forever change the world. Together. You see, Peter was himself convicted because Peter had been a sinner. He was a sinner just like us, right? Anybody know what some of Peter's sins were? Cursing? (laughs) What other sins did Peter commit? He cut the man's ear off, remember? He took the sword in the garden, he cut his ear off. What other was his, what was his biggest sin? Denying Christ three times. Remember Jesus told him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Who did that? Peter did that. The denial of Christ. How many of us know that the denial of Christ? We've had a time in our life when we just struggled to believe if Jesus is real, or even now we see other people who deny Jesus. And see, Peter understood his sinfulness. He himself was convicted. Remember when the rooster crow? He was convicted right then. (laughs) Y'all don't like my rooster crowing? (laughs) I'm not doing it again. (laughs) Pastor Antonio, like, do that again. (laughs) I got to keep y'all woke around here. It's getting warm in this gym. (laughs) So Peter had denied Christ, and he was immediately convicted at that third time. He knew he was a sinner. He knew he had denied Jesus. And it was something in him that changed. Tell your neighbor, something changed. You see, when Peter had been in that garden of Gethsemane, he thought his power was in the sword. He thought that he could do something because Jesus was in danger. He picked that sword up and he cut off the soldier's ear. He thought his power was in material. He thought his power was in possession. But he didn't understand his power was yet to come on Pentecost Sunday in the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus was trying to help him to understand something. He had the power to cut off a A One little ear, that's all he got, was one little ear. But with the Holy Spirit, he had the power to convict thousands of hearts all at the same time. Tell your neighbor, all at the same time. Peter's real power was in the Holy Spirit and the Word of God working together. You see, when God begins to work in our hearts, tell your neighbor, nothing can get in the way. us can remember the days before we truly committed our hearts to Jesus any of us can remember what it was like when we was just tussling we thought our way was the right way and our mindset was the right mindset but that little spark something happened when all of a sudden we wanted to read the bible Something happened when all of a sudden we stopped singing all the crazy songs and we started singing the gospel songs. Something happened when we wanted to read the word of God. Something changed in us and something changed in Peter. He understood my real power is not found in me. My real power is found in the cross. You know, when Pastor Antonia talked about all those people that came to Pentecost, she talked about the different nationalities. She talked about the multitude of all the people that came. Why did they show up that day? Something drew them there. Something was calling them. Something kind of resonated in them. I mean, think about it. Something called you this morning. Why do you get up on Sunday mornings every Sunday to come to church? Why do you move and want to be here Because something in your spirit says, I got to go to church. I got to go get my word in. I got to go get my songs in. And all of those people gathered on Pentecost something because something different was going to happen. Tell your neighbor, something different. They all gathered. They were all watching. They all heard a call of God. And they joined together. And Peter stood up to give his first sermon, his first word out of his mouth was, repent. Tell your neighbor, repent. Then after he said, repent, he said, and let every one of you be baptized. Tell your neighbor, be baptized. You see, what Peter was telling them, because they had asked that question, what should we do? What must we do? He tells them what? Repent and be baptized. There is something that must be done. When we ask that question of ourselves, what must we do? Repent and be baptized. Notice that Peter didn't say, oh, you don't have to do much of anything. You 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 are right, just as you are. Come as you are. He didn't say those words. Jesus said, I mean, Peter said, repent. Tell your neighbor, repent. So what does it mean to repent? Repent means to change one's mind or direction. To change your mindset. You see, all of us have a mindset. We think our way is the right way. How many of y'all think your way is the right way? I know I do. I always think my way is the right way. (laughs) Y'all can ask Terrence. He'll tell y'all, I think my way is the right way every single day. (laughs) I have a lot of repenting to do every single day. (laughs) But to change your mindset. You see, we can convince ourselves Drinking and drugging is a good thing, right? We can convince ourselves that any type of sex is good sex, right? We can even convince ourselves that we can act and behave and, and treat anybody any way we like. You see, that's a human mindset. And it's hard, tell your neighbor it's so hard, to change our mindset from our mindset to God's mindset. Because we truly, if we are really honest, we don't want to do things God's way. We want to do things our way. We want to do the things we want to do. And that's in every single area, even the smallest areas. I mean, how many of us, probably we got a mindset of stealing? <laughs> Come on now. If I still remember Terrence telling this story. He's a police officer, right? Y'all know he the police. And that means he arrests drug dealers. So one time he happened upon a drug dealer, him and his fellow officers, not putting his business on the street, like, don't tell nobody. He opens the trunk and it was full of one hundred dollar bills. I mean, it wasn't, it was just caking over all of this money. Terrence said, oh, Lord, I had a hard time that day. (laughs) And when he told the story, I had a hard time. I was thinking, so did you take some money? Like, you know he broke. (laughs) So so when when I noticed his pockets was empty, I had to repent. I was like, dang on it. (laughs) All of us are tempted in some way. Whether it's money, whether it's women, whether it's men, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, it can even be our word uses. Because how many of us are tempted to tell some folks off? (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's some words that be wanting to come out. I just be like, Lord, steal my tongue, (laughs) steal my tongue. And I know I'm not the only one. You see, changing our mind. From what we think to what God thinks, that's repentance. And it's hard to live that life. Cause every single day you know that it's easier to do this than it is to do what you want to do. It's, it's easy to do what you want to do than it is to do what God wants us to do. When we look at that word of God, every time I look at the word of God, I'm like, oh Lord, this is difficult. This is complicated. You want me to forgive people? You want me to love people? You want me to be kind to people and treat people like, you know, I want to be treated? Lord Jesus, help me. Repentance, the word repent, say repent, is considered the first word of the gospel. When John the Baptist preached a message, he said what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus began to preach, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when Peter begins to preach, he starts with the word repent. I want you to look at your sermon outline with me right now, if you have it in your bulletin. On point number four, it begins with the word repentance. We're going to read that together. Let me know when you get there. Say amen. Repentance together must never be thought of something we must do before we can come back to God. Repentance describes what coming to God is. You can't turn towards God without turning from things he is against. That's hard, ain't it? We can't turn towards God without turning from things he is against. The problem is, there's a lot of things in the world that the Lord is against. (laughs) All the fun stuff, it seems like he's against the fun stuff. (laughs) But in order to truly live for Jesus, this is the hard part. In order to truly be a servant of God, it must begin with repentance. You see, repentance means you don't have to keep doing the things you have been doing. You get to do the things that Jesus does. That's a hard one because Jesus was so loving and so kind, so forgiving, so thoughtful. He was always there, always giving. We don't like those things too much. But in order to truly be in this walk, And serve Jesus day after day after day. It begins with daily repentance. Tell your neighbor, you can change. I know all of us are sitting here thinking, I know I change. Anybody know they change? And if I can change, you can change, right? If somebody like me can change, you can change. And I know many of you feel the same way. After repentance something happened after repentance what was after repentance baptism after repentance it was baptism and I want us to know I I was looking and researching about baptism and baptism is something unique because before before the church before Pentecost only Gentiles would get baptized in order to become Jewish those are the only people that got baptized and so when they got baptized They were being baptized into the law, into rules, into regulations. But something changed. Tell your neighbor, something changed. After the Holy Spirit, after the preached word, after the repentance, baptism changed to become a symbol of belief in Jesus Christ. That was our outward symbol that something has changed inside of me so profoundly that I am willing to get in this water and be dipped and held down and brought back up to new life. New life. That's what the symbolize when we go down in the water, held down and brought back up to new life. That's what happens in baptism. It's a symbol not of being baptized into law, but a symbol of being baptized into faith. Tell your neighbor it's about faith. You see, after the Pentecost, it meant that we were no longer going to do the things the way they used to be done. Tell your neighbor it's a new way. Something had to change about the way religion was functioning in that world. Because, see, it was functioning in a way that left everybody out You had to be doing this and doing that or be born to this person just to be in the religion. So after that, something did change. The faith became open to all people. Say all people. All people, young people, older people, people with ailments, people without ailments, all colors, all nationalities. Everybody was welcome in everybody. And on that day, 3,000 souls were forever changed. Say 3,000. 3,000. On one day, 3,000 souls committed to repent and be baptized. That must have been a powerful, powerful day. Amen. It was men, women, children, all nations gathered on that very first day. And the church was born can you just think about that for us here at new life at calvary and what that means for us gathered together today that when we repent when we are baptized when we get out of that water and then we begin to live our life tell your neighbor live your life live your life as if you are new different change a new mindset a new way you are born again Do you want to be born again today? From those 3,000 people, they went out all over the world and shared the gospel. They built churches. They began to establish all that we get to experience today. The the plan of worship, how we function, how we move, how we worship. Come on up, y'all. And because of that, because of their commitment, saints, we can be the church we are today. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you so much for all that you do. Lord, we want to be found faithful, and we confess now in the name of Jesus that we are sinners. We confess that we know, Lord, everything that we ever have done, that we are currently doing, and even the things that we have not done have placed you on that cross. We thank you, Lord, that you made a sacrifice to die for each and every one of us. We pray, Holy Spirit, that we do not take that sacrifice for granted. That every day, Lord, we get up and choose to live with a different mindset. That we get to choose, Lord Jesus, to follow your way, your will, your plan, and your purpose for our lives. Gracious God, we pray for those who have yet to give their hearts to you those who have yet to repent today, Lord Jesus, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to their hearts. Allow them, Lord, to come to you, Lord, and change their entire way of life. We thank you, Lord, for all of you who you are, and we give you all the honor and glory and praise. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray, and all God's people said, amen and amen.